This is the Office Manager Diaries, a podcast all about the highs and the lows of professionals in office management around the world. We'll delve into their career journeys and diaries where they'll share their stories, tips for success and only things office managers understand. Enjoy and please remember to give us a follow. Hi everybody, it's Hannah Gray and I'm back with another episode of the Office Manager Diaries podcast and I'm sad to say it is going to be our last one for 2023, so we will be back in January 2024, but delighted as our last guest of the first year of the Office Manager Diaries to welcome, I would say my friend and my professional um, contact and client, Jay Tuckwell, who is the leadership business partner and office manager at Bloom Procurement Services. Hi, Jay. Hi, Hannah. How's it going? I am all good. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. A little nervous, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah. I said to Jay, like off air just now, don't be nervous. We're just having a chat. There's only going to be a couple of thousand people listening, so don't worry <laughs> about it. But it's not live. We can edit it. Wonderful. No one will know. Wonderful. <laughs> They're going to know. Only only us will know. It's fine. So tell me, can you remember how we first met and how has your career taken the shape that it has so far? Tell us a bit about that and how you then got into this profession, please, Jay. Yeah. So ooh, we met. So my, um, I've, I've recently started out as an office manager. This is not a job that I've I've done before. And, and my company, Bloom, is kind of taken a little bit of a chance on me and 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 part of that chance was me saying I, I'm going to need some help I've I've never I've never done this before I don't know what I don't know and my boss uh, Ben Stevenson who's fantastic uh, at Bloom had I think knows you from some circles maybe in London and, and we had a look at the portal and all of the great things that you have on there all of the downloadable templates and lots of things like that so we signed up to a premium membership and then looked into the course um, and then we reached out and Popped a call in and and then I, I took you up on the offer of said course. And then we're kind of here now. Yeah, we've had one session and just trying to download as much of your brain as possible to to kind of make the, the most of our time. Yeah. Well, love it. And I really enjoyed that first session. I have to say it was, <laughs> it was good fun and hopefully it was. useful. Definitely. Yeah, no, it was really useful. Yeah. So the other parts of your question now, how has my career kind of taken shape so far? So a long, long time ago, I was an administrator and I, and I moved up to be a, a team leader and a, pe- a people manager. And I was supporting the the lady who I reported into. And I actually found that the, the thing that I really enjoyed most out of that was supporting her rather than looking after the team. And that kind of kicked off my my little need to, to, to help people. And I've always been a bit of a people pleaser again it, throughout my life. So I, I made the switch from, from people manager into... Well, I guess a different type of people managing is, is, is looking after people in an executive assistant type role. Um, so I've been executive assistant in various different jobs and sectors for about 10 years. I've gone primarily in investments, investment banking, finance, and I've also done a little stint in renewable energy. Um, so renewable energy, social value kind of things are really important to me. I t- finished a, a role in investment banking and, and found this role at Bloom. I'd, I'd had a quick chat with Ben and kind of decided that the role was was definitely something I was interested in. Bloom is a is a great company that kind of sits between the public sector and, and the private sector. They're all about providing social value, providing savings for the public purse, and also supporting local businesses and smaller enterprises. And, and that's all kind of stuff that is really close to my heart. So I started um, at Bloom 
as a personal assistant. And not long after I joined, we are working with the executive team there. Um, I look after the CFO, um, Sam Peachy, and the um, chief growth officer, um, Selena Cooper. We we work together as a team. It, it's not a kind of one on top of the other. I don't you know, run around after them and make them coffee and things like that. Um, look after their inbox, look after their diary. But we very much work together as a team. And and Ben recognized that as a, as an opportunity to kind of use the business partnering model and and it works great and 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 the guys that I support are fantastic. Our office manager left uh, about three months after I had started at Bloom and we didn't have somebody for a period of time. My line manager, Ben, um, was remote dealing as the office manager, but he lives in Wales. So I just kind of was taking notes from him. Can you go and do this? Can you go and do it? Can you nip into the office and do that? Because I live quite close. They recognized that I'd been doing quite a good job there and that I was I was kind of managing to pick up all of the things that needed to be done and, and asked me if I was interested in the role. I, I was definitely interested and I love a challenge. Um, so I was definitely interested in that. And uh, and I'd kind of said, yeah, I'm going to need some help. And then that led us to our conversations with you. So I, I took up office management in May this year and I've just been trying to get to grips with things since. I love it. And and you really, I mean, from our first session together as well, you really do care about every aspect of the support that you provide, not just to your executives, but to your business and are very passionate about it. And I think you found your career home, as it were, haven't you? So um, and tell us, because I haven't told everybody where Bloom are based. They may be able to tell from the accent there, but <laughs> um, where where in the world are you, Jay? So but Bloom's head office is in Gateshead uh, up in the northeast. Um, so just outside of Newcastle, for anybody who who doesn't doesn't know where that is, we operate a hybrid. So quite a lot of our staff work remotely from home. It's the only office that we we have is in Gateshead, and yeah, we just look after it. So tell me more now, please, about your role. What does a typical day, or maybe better to do the span of a week, look like and involve for you? Yeah, so. The very kind of early parts of the day are to check the inbox, see what's happened, what's going on. So I check my inbox, my calendar, and then the CFO's inbox, his calendar, CGO's um, inbox and her calendar, and just kind of get to grips with anything that needs to be dealt with immediately. After that, make sure every, everybody's in place. If I've got, you know, a couple of meetings to go to, I, I sit in on all of their team meetings so I can take actions and just generally be aware of what's going on in their spaces. And I always find that that's, it's it's better to kind of know what is going on in their space than have them tell you because it's more efficient. You're already on the same page when things need to be discussed or talked about. And and you can always kind of be used as a sounding board separately. So if if somebody has, if they have said something and they're like, well, I'm not quite sure how that landed, how did it come across? And I can provide that safe sounding board back where there's no ulterior motives and there's, you know, there's no reasons for seeing anything other than just genuine feedback, which is, which is really good. If it's a day that I'm in the office, I'll quickly go and do my walk around usually on a Tuesday which is um is the first day of the week that most people go to the office I'll make sure that we've got everything we need the toilet rolls are out the the milk's in the in the fridge the, the coffee pot is filled we've got some breakfast bars and things like that so make sure they're all topped up and then just have a little bit of a walk around check that the plants haven't died <laughs> overnight <laughs> which is uh, is definitely a vein of my office management career so far. And just generally make sure everything looks tidy. I think it front of front of house, but also appearance is just really important to me. I, I want it to look I want it to look homely but clean. 
because nobody wants to come into an office that's a mess, I guess, right? So yeah, we go around and, and, and take all of those, just look for any potential hazards, things that are working, and then just go around and say hi to everybody and just do a little bit of a check-in. I think it's really important to be a friendly, approachable person because that's how you get to know everything that's going on. The more people that you know, the more information you get and the better you can plan. And also it's just nice to to be friendly isn't it yeah I mean I often say to people you know you'll never know what's going on in your office if people are in fear of approaching you so you've got to be approachable and you've got to get yourself out there in order to make yourself visible and approachable and accountable so yeah I love love that you're doing all of those checks and things it's really good so very busy role how do you juggle both aspects of the you know the business support partner piece then the assistant duties that typically come with that as well, and then the office management duties. How do you prioritise the demands in each of those roles? So I think setting the scene was something that I had to do quite early on. Um, so my executives know that when, you know, something happens in the office, it could quite literally be, you know, a, a hazard or there could be a flood or there could be something that there is some kind of emergency that needs to take you away. And and that can happen, you know, sometimes more often than not. So they're setting up the the leeway there, if you like, that they understand that sometimes I'll not be replying because I've had to go upstairs and sort out the fact that there's a wasp nest or that, um, you know, the tap won't switch off or a pipe has burst is, is kind of key to begin with because then you know that there's give and take in, in that type of role. I also then have a really strong team. So my line manager um, and the lady Sandra that I work with as well, we're quite close knit. We all, you know, think and work very similar. So the ability to kind of agilely move tasks between us, if I don't, if it needs to be done today, but I'm not going to get it done. You know, what one of those guys might be able to pick that up. And then similarly, when I've not got as much on and somebody else does, you take those back because again, it's it's give and take. So the ability to be able to kind of move those spinning plates to somebody else who is, you know, equally, if not more confident than I am at these things is a really good foundation to do that. After that, I think it's all about expectation, expectation setting and being organized. So having a kind of an empty mailbox and a good to-do list is really key because then you can set the expectations if you're not going to meet a deadline or if something needs to be moved back. And then also just, I think there's, is there an Eisenhower matrix? I think was is something that I kind of start to subconsciously do now where um, you find out if something is urgent and important or maybe not urgent, not important um, and kind of prioritize your tasks that way. And then it gives you a little bit of a sense of, realism is to right okay well that light's flashing and yeah it it is irritating but it's not the end of the world um and and realistically am I going to get somebody out to be able to fix that now no let's just turn off and I can sort that out maybe a little bit later so yeah being able to prioritize and, and look at things with some realism is is really important I love that. And they often say, don't they, if it's not urgent or important, can you bin it? (laughs) Yeah, bin it. Definitely. Do you just ignore it? We recycle here, so we'll recycle that. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like that. It's important, I think, when you're thinking about like maintenance tasks or other tasks that perhaps relate to each other, there's a good point there that kind of was spurred by what you said at the end, which is, you know, if the light isn't working, can you just turn it off if it's flickering and then maybe save that up for maintenance next week when you've got a few bits to do in one go. So you're working on the same sort of task in one hit rather than a little bit, little bit, little bit, which can be procrastinating and can be more time consuming because you're having to flip between something on the computer and something physically. So that's a really good, good point there. 
Yeah, absolutely. In comparison to maybe some of the other the listeners, our office is maybe quite small. So we don't have like a regular repairman, if that makes sense. We have a call out fee. So it's not cost effective to be able to, to call out our handyman to just to fix one light or just to pop up one shelf. So they do have to go on a list. And then, like you say, just have to make the decision as to how many things are on the list versus how quickly they need to get done. So yeah, that's quite important. Plus our handyman is, is local. It's kind of a small business again, which is quite important to us. So we have to take into account the, the other clients that he has to service and, and make sure we can fit them in at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's good. And it is it is that thing where you're weighing up the impact with those things not working or being in the right working order to the business and whether that needs to be done right now whether it can wait and and juggle that cost that you'll have on top if you deal with deal with it right now so love that some tips in there for you as well ladies and gents so what would you say have been your biggest hurdles to overcome during your time in this profession to date as a new office manager I think the biggest hurdles are kind of not knowing what you don't know so I don't know what I don't know and and when I first start out as an office manager you have to try and pick up a lot of strings that somebody else has left because you don't know what they are and you don't know what to look for. You just kind of pick them up as you go along. I remember uh, finance mentioned and they were like, oh, Jay, the um, the armadillo storage locker. But what's going on with that? And I was like, the what? They were like, the storage locker we pay for monthly. And I was like, what storage locker? I don't know. So it, I just had to go, go to armadillo. The way that it was, it was kind of left to go to Armadillo, find the storage locker, see what was in it, and then kind of empty it because there wasn't a lot there. We've got the space underneath uh, the, the stairs in our office to accommodate that until we do something different. But yeah, just kind of finding all of these little things that then need to be done and then trying to do something with them. Um, I think the first time that we met, you you had said that uh, office managers tend to be like the pen knives of the organisation. And I, I definitely kind of relate now to how that, that comes about. I don't have many tools on my pen knife right now, but they're growing. They're growing, definitely. Yeah, that was um, courtesy of the lady who won the International Office Manager of the Year at our awards this year that referred to us as Mary Poppins and um, yes. the pen knives of the organisation. So I stole that from her. <laughs> but it's it's brilliant because it works, right? And it's um, it's very true. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's funny about the the thing you say about the strings like it's almost like breadcrumbs that are just someone's just scattered as they've left and you know some office managers like our predecessors when we come into these roles had been in their role for many years and like you say you don't know what you don't know so some of them you pick up and you come in and you think you know so many of my clients where they go oh my god Hannah, you wouldn't believe but there was no health and safety executive poster on the wall and there was none of this and none of that and I just couldn't believe how much they hadn't got in place legally or like processes that were so simple to put in place and fix so many problems and they just didn't have it. And it's not necessarily a competency thing. That's like a, like you say, you don't know what you don't know. But it is like that, like someone just scatters a load of breadcrumbs of like contracts that are there or storage facilities or whatever. And you're like trying to trace it and go, ah, right. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, I'll deal with that. The office manager that had um, had left previous to, to us was great, and she did try to pop everything that she thought the next office manager would need in a, in a folder. But at, at the same time, I think that there was a there was almost an expectation that a new office manager would know what to look for. So I came in, however many months after that, and kind of thought, okay, so I can read this, and I think that it makes sense, but 
what do I do with this now? And with things like the legal posters where you have to pop um, health and safety posters on the wall, I've walked past those in, you know, 20, 30 different offices before. And you walk past it and maybe you'll give it a read. You know what it looks like. You know what it is. But I don't know that it needs to be there. Who updates that? Who, you know, that, that person's name is not right. Who who updates that? Or me? I think I do that. <laughs> so there's lots of situations where I kind of feel like all of these very familiar things that are on display I'm used to just seeing them there, but now I actually have to understand what they mean and like make sure they're updated and and understand the consequences of what happens if they're not done. And and I think that that's yeah, that's definitely been one of the biggest hurdles is just trying to understand everything that needs to be done, not just from like a health and safety legal standpoint because obviously that's really important, but then also what 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 does best practice look like? What what kind of things do other office managers do that their staff really appreciate and what is that something that we can bring to bloom and and kind of sh- share with our staff here so yeah just trying to get a, to grips with all of that is both really tiring but a really rewarding part of the job I think it's funny isn't it because I think when you were saying oh who does that sit oh it's me it sits with me <laughs> I think probably the default whenever you see all these things in an office is it's you yeah <laughs> Unless someone tells you it's not, just assume it's you. That's my top tip for the day, folks. There you go. <laughs> Our tip for this week is all about strategic partnering. Now, I have done a number of webinars and um, training sessions on this. Our most recent office management show, I talked about this in how to stay ahead in the future of the office management role. And it is really important to think about this, especially if you want to grow and evolve in your role as an office manager or an office management professional, if your title isn't quite office manager. And really what it means is when you look back at businesses who were perhaps merging because of a buyout, or um, HR roles and HR people, they would start to look at how they can merge those businesses strategically so that they align well in that merger. What are the things that work really well? What are the things that don't? And how can we strategize to to make that merge, to bring that jigsaw jigsaw piece together? When it's the HR role and the um, people role, they look at how they can strategically align to the business to ensure that they're employing the right people, for example, to make sure that they are managing the people and the culture elements of onboarding and then for the duration of an employee's lifespan within that company so that it fits and aligns to the business's needs and goals and aims and so on. As an office manager, you can do the same. Would you have the confidence to go to your CEO or MD, particularly if you don't have the direct reporting line into them and say, where is the business going? What is the business's mission and objectives or core values, aims, um, you know, mission statement, whatever it might be for the coming year to five years? Where do they want to be? And how can I, as the office manager here, as a person looking after so much in this environment and bringing so much value in these roles, influence that and help support that drive to get to where the business wants to be? It's so important in our roles to really step back at times, which I know can be hard when we don't have much time, to think about that if we want to really be side by side, stood shoulder to shoulder with those people at the table within the business. So think about how you can do it and carve out time. And I'll do some more tips on that in the next few weeks. So how do you balance the world 
at Bloom where you've got this hybrid working policy culture and what is the culture like there and how do you help to support and influence that to be positive? So this one kind of took a little bit of trial and error because Bloom once upon a time was like a full office before before COVID and, and I wasn't with Bloom at the time but a lot of people have kind of told me that it used to be a full fully operational office where everybody would be in all of all of the time and then I had to help make some of that transition happen into what I would class maybe as a hybrid office but I'm I'm thinking of more of a help hot desk and self-service types desk so if you maybe go to London and you you go to a hot desk and office or a site they would be able to provide all of the the services but otherwise it's you go in you help yourself you sit down you you kind of manage your own bits and pieces and then you leave and I think that that's probably how the office at Bloom works best um is that is that I'm there to make sure that the building and the physical manifestation of Bloom runs runs smoothly is safe and and comfortable and looks nice but ultimately Everything else there can be self-service. If you want a coffee, they can go make it themselves. If they want breakfast bars, it's there. And I feel like that is a really easy and easy way. Well, it's not an easy way to manage, but it's the it's the easiest way for people to manage themselves because then they can take what resonates with them and you know leave what doesn't. I like that. Really like that. And it, and it, the impact that you have, us, you know, knowing you for even though it's still a fairly short period of time, but knowing you as I do. I, I expect you are a big part of that culture and that value and people knowing that they're going to see you most days, apart from when you're selling yourselves overseas somewhere. But, <laughs> you know, I expect you are because you are very positive. You're very smiley. You're very approachable, approachable. You're very personable. We've already said you care. So I think and a lot of office managers tend to have those traits and those qualities anyway, which I think is why they are in those professions. But you I expect sort of demonstrate just through your being and your presence there an element of culture and and influence it just just from that nature that you have as well as then like you say the aesthetics and the pretty things and the safe bits and the functional bits and all that kind of stuff so yeah well thank you and I I hope I hope that that is something that um my colleagues at Bloom would agree with and and I definitely feel like it's something that that is they're the types of traits that I'd love to or I aim to put out there if that makes sense I, I probably can't take credit for the culture at bloom so bloom in in may which is when i took over the office management role bloom was named one of the sunday times best places to work for 2023 um and that was that was a real testament to the hard work that everybody did everybody at bloom had had put in and continues to put in to make our workplace a supportive and positive environment um, and I'd love to think that I had a little bit of a hand in that in in the in the executive assistant type work that I do but also in in the office management I just I feel like being approachable and having people come to you with the problems and come to you with things that don't work or even suggestions things that people want things that people like I think one of one of the key takeaways that that I came across was was about sanitary products so as a man, I I don't have a great, you know, in-depth knowledge of, of sanitary products. And, and and I overheard a conversation when I was just walking around the office um, where a lady had, had borrowed another product from a, from another lady because they'd kind of been caught out. And I was thinking, oh, we should we should provide those. Like, I'm sure that that would be something we should provide. And obviously, that was another situation where I was like, well, who, who should I talk to about that? Myself, Jay, talk to yourself about that. So then I had to go on this whole learning journey of understanding what 
you know, what kind of sanitary products people would need and all the different types of sizes and controls and and then find like a nice kind of box, uh, box basket to, to pop in all the toilets. And, um, and that was just a whole learning journey that I've never come across before. And then it, it then when you, your brain takes these things on, I start to think, right, okay, well, what about ladies who don't need those products anymore? A common theme of menopause is that you get hot. So I bought little desk fans that people can use communally. And and if the ladies come in and they're feeling um, feeling the heat, that they can just put those on. And a lot of people had came back and kind of thanked us for that. And they said it was really good and really considerate. And, and yeah, it's just one of those little learning journeys that you never think that you would go on when you say, yeah, yeah, I'll be the office manager. That's great. And you kind of have to teach yourself about I think I think that's brilliant because one it's quite it's quite humor like amusing to me which is not me like you know I am a woman I have I have periods I will go through menopause I'm sure very soon given I'm heading into my 40s but like I just love the fact that you're like I did all this research on like sizes and like flow rates and all this kind of stuff but but it's you know like I remember when I became like fully fledged global head of office and facilities management. And prior to then had worked in all these bigger organizations like the JP Morgans and the RBSs where the facilities part, i.e. toilets was looked after, were looked after by the facilities arm in the building um, because we had very specific office management roles where you looked after like a department and all that kind of stuff. And so heading into men's bathrooms was not something unless there's periods I can't remember from very drunk Saturday nights in my late teens, <laughs> early twenties that I did very often. And so when I was first at city index and, you know, it'd be like the urinals have leaked again because like, and, and the pipes and things rust because of the wee and the lack of flushing. And um, you've had the like dipsticks and little things like discs that we had to like try and reduce the smell and there was all sorts of things that I didn't know about urinals given that I never really frequented into urinal spaces and used them that I had to learn about urinals and men's wee and how the whole system works and why we need to clean them regularly and all this kind of stuff that I just didn't think I would ever need to or want to know about but I did and we learned about how to manage them better and more proactively so that we didn't then get issues um so I started asking questions like well how exactly do they work show me how they work so if I wee in it right now what happens and <laughs> yeah just bizarre times in my life but um office management takes you to those those areas and those levels right definitely yeah it's 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 a weird and wonderful Alice in Wonderland kind of place I love that it really is <laughs> it's like the line the witch in the wardrobe as well like step in and see what kind of magical world you're going to open up today <laughs> like the cake in the toilet thing we had I think from Wendy at um funding circle on the podcast a while ago like a whole chocolate cake flushed down a toilet like why why <laughs> anyway love that so you attended our September office management show how was that experience for you because it was your first you know office management type networking event I feel like from what you told me since and the feedback I think you put on LinkedIn and things you found your tribe there so tell me more about your experience there if you can please Jeff. yeah so um I think one of the first things that I kind of 
thought about when I, when I was there is that actually I travelled quite a long way from from Newcastle down to London to to attend. And when I was speaking to other attendees at, at at the event, a lot of people had had to take holidays, or you know they'd maybe had to work a little bit of flexi time to to be able to get there. And Bloom and as a company had paid for my travel, paid for my hotel, were, were given us the day to to come and network and learn. And and I think that that kind of really hit home about the level of support and investment that Bloom kind of put into me uh, as, as an employee to, to kind of take this journey. Um, so I was, I was super appreciative of that. Ahead of the event, my boss had, had put me in contact with somebody else in his very many circles uh, called Sarah James, who won, um, I think, Office Manager of the Year the, w- once upon a time. So I kind of immediately just went looking for her and I was like, where is she? There he goes. And then Sarah walks past, and I'm like, "Oh, how unexpected!" Sarah, hi, how's it going? Um, and then the we... doctor, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, you've, she's she was she, you know, she's absolutely fabulous, and and I've, I've really found a friend and, and and somebody that can that's just knowledgeable. You know, that is it that has kind of traversed these these waters already, and was was able to kind of be a little buddy for the day. We had a lot of fun. We attended all of the sessions that that you popped on for the premium um, members, which were just so enlightening and I think like I say it's a new office manager to be able to come in and just kind of have all of this stuff put on a plate and fed to you by some great speakers and have some laughs and yeah just absolutely fantastic so I I was like buzzing all day I don't know if buzzing is just a northern word but I was really you know I was really I was happy for the entire experience I got to meet a lot of suppliers so I've had quite a few suppliers that I've taken up services with and and a couple of um a couple of them I've I've started to use just on like a personal level so I don't know if we can mention suppliers but hug um I've yeah set up an account with them and I've been using them to to kind of send out a couple of bits and gifts and things like that and I've been speaking with a lot of the um, office refit companies because I'm looking to try and get an office refresh in the coming months but yeah so there was just uh, you know such a variety of suppliers and and things that we that I, I didn't necessarily know that there were companies that did so you know writing all of those things down and, and taking them away and considering whether that's something that the office could benefit was um was really thought-provoking um, and then yeah while I was there I met um, Megan Connell another award winner can see a pattern here and and Megan's been great as well Megan Will Salmon Alex Von Call you know we had a bit of a chat we had a few drinks I was asking them loads of questions yeah we exchanged numbers and we've just been chatting and it's been really nice to just have a group of people to be able to ask these questions to just the little questions that maybe you don't quite know until you know like what a PSI is and you know how how these different types of plumbing things work, and what's an air pump, and you can go on Google and ask these things. But to have, you know, a great group of people, um, like like all of those guys, to be able to explain it and ask questions too is just invaluable. So it's it's nice actually being our last episode for for the first year of the podcast because Sarah was our very first guest on the Office Manager oh. Diaries. So we kind of we started and we we've ended with a nice shout out to Sarah and all her her wisdom, but also just her ability to network and intentionally connect with other people, but also connect other people with each other. She's incredible at that. And she's always very appreciative and like grateful and shows that through social media and the power of her network to people like us, but also to people like Dan Skirmer um, and, and other people that have really facilitated and supported her along the way through the networks or whatever else we've done. Um, so she's she's a real gem, um, to be honest, in the network. And, and she's always made such an effort to 
be a very active part of it so I'm grateful for people like her being in it because then she helps me grow it and she helps you know adopt people like you into the circles that she's in and it just it just helps it evolve and then it just does become this wonderful kind of community and network of support and and fun as well right and and we all need that because we have a, an appreciation for each other's pain points and um gripes and challenges especially when new things come out and we're all like how do we figure this out and we can navigate it together so yeah she's she's brilliant and Megan is as well um Will Will won't come on the podcast hopefully after this he might but um <laughs> he will be a very funny guest if he is and Alex yeah there's so many incredible people in the network now and they just make it stronger and stronger every time so and now you're part of the fold yes very excited to be part too so can you now please share something from your office manager diary or as we have called it oh yeah you won't believe it but moment please jay <laughs> oh so i guess it would be one of those things where i would say you won't believe it but but to a group of seasoned office managers you'd be like this is the best you got jay is this the best that you can pull out of your... Um, so maybe we'll we'll do one a couple of years down the line. You ask me that question again, we'll see if the answer is too different. So I, I kind of said earlier that um, both to me and to Bloom, um, sustainability and social value using small companies and local businesses is really, really important to us. So one of the first things that um, I wanted to tackle in the office was emissions, so like carbon emissions, CO2 emissions. And the upper floor of, of our office had... Um, had lights that were just on constantly. They had motion sensors that weren't working. So 24-7, these lights were on. So there was uh, a little bit of work that needed to be done there, a replacing with LEDs and things like that. So another section to to, to kind of look at that carbon footprint was uh, the heating. So I was made office manager in, in, in May and... It wasn't, we weren't really using the heating that much, but I thought, oh, for winter, we didn't have a really smart heating system and it was on... Monday to Sunday between the hours of like eight to seven, even if people didn't come in on a Monday or people didn't come in on a Friday, they weren't in on a weekend. So we were heating the office for no reason. So I thought, actually, let's get a smart heating system. Let's get a Nest. So I did a little bit of research, Nest versus uh, Hive. What's the best one? Went out to a company, local business, managed to get them to come out and uh, install one for us. So the guy came out and... Um, he was like, okay, we'll put it here. We did all of the bits and pieces. And then he went in to look at the boiler. And he's like, yeah, yeah okay, good. When, when was the last time you had your boiler service? And I was like, I'd been an office manager for maybe a month. And I was thinking, I don't know, like maybe there'll be something in the folder that tells us, but not 100% sure. And he was like, okay, well, I'll get cracking on this. You go and find out. And then if you want a boiler service, and I can do it at the same time. And I thought, all right, okay, that'll, that'll be a good shout. So I went away, couldn't find it. Couldn't find the, the documents or anything like that. So I thought, well, it's probably best to get this service now. So I was like, okay, how much is it? He told us how much it was going to be and what the total price was. And it wasn't unreasonable. And I was like, okay, yeah, go for it. That'd be great. So we, um, I went away and he went away and did the service of the boiler and then came back with this this yellow notice. <laughs> and he was like, so your boiler's unsafe. And I've had to condemn it. And I was like, what? What, what does that mean? Why is it unsafe? I know nothing about boilers. So this guy is just talking to us in a different language. And I was like, all right, okay. So I guess the nest's not going to work then, is it? And he was like, yeah, no. So I just paid for this nest, got it all installed, included, everything like that. Great. And then the boiler was condemned. So I've had the nest in and it doesn't work. Um, it's, it's, it's worked out as a really good opportunity to have the gas boiler replaced with an electric boiler. 
and our our building um because of our energy supplier can be fully powered with renewable energy now which is great um but obviously it brings up it brings up its own challenges because now you need to find somebody that'll change a gas boiler into an electric boiler and i'm like okay well you just get a boiler man to do that try googling boiler man <laughs> it just doesn't really bring up the answers that you want and that's so why i contacted a few uh I contacted a few independent people because, like I say, I want to try and keep the business local if we can. And nobody could do it, and I couldn't figure out why. And it's because you need an electrician for the new boiler, a gas um, Kogi certified engineer for the old boiler, and then a plumber to do all the water. And you can't do necessarily do that with a small kind of one-man band. So, yeah, every day is a learning day. Every day is a learning day. (laughs) Every day is a school day. I mean, it's not every day that someone's boiler gets condemned um, and out of use. I mean, we said this because, you know, we talked about this before, but at least you weren't coming into winter. Yes, exactly. So it it should be all done and dusted by the time we start to get some really low temperatures up here. So that should be good. Plus, we're all northern. Most of us are northern. We don't go out with coats anyway, you know. You've done your shorts and your T-shirt, no matter the weather. Exactly. <laughs> oh, dear, it's brilliant. So how do you approach building and maintaining positive relationships with your colleagues and stakeholders within the business, which I suppose bleeds into this element of culture that we've already touched on? I think generally I'm quite a, an open an informal person anyway so generally when I would say when I would send emails or anything um, communication wise there's always quite an informal tone there it's it's rare that I would I would speak to clients so I, I feel like I can adopt and maintain that informal persona um, with the vast majority of things that I do when I feel like that helps people just to feel like they can come to me with whatever it is that they need or questions and maybe it's not always something that I can deal with but I can usually point you in the right direction it's nice to kind of be looked to as as a hub of information that people can can come to when it comes to suppliers I try to kind of make it a little bit more informal but I also like to go to them with some like having done a little bit of research and, and I'm not 100% sure if it's if it's the same with a, a a more seasoned office manager, but I don't want to look like I don't know anything because then people will maybe hike the price up or they'll do. So I tend to just kind of go around and look and ask, look online and ask people about the kind of things that I, I need to know. And then I can go in, sound maybe a little bit like I know what I'm, a- I'm after. Um, so that's kind of how I try to to play that and then after you kind of get a feel for them I just go down the open and honest route and just kind of say right you need to explain this to me a little bit more and I need to understand why this is and just ask a lot of questions and then being being in you know that open and honest forum I kind of can say right well you know I'm asking you this question but actually I've got two other suppliers I need three quotes in order to be able to take away so people are not under any illusion that they are the one and they're definitely going to get that piece of work. And I think this is something that I, I learned at the, at the showcase that I came to when you, I think it was Megan actually, who was who was chairing that. And it was suppliers are kind of saying, just be open with us, be honest. No, this is business. And if 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 you go now to multiple people, just tell us. And if we don't win, don't ghost us. Just tell us we didn't win and why. And I think that if I, if I try to do that, I'll be able to maintain a decent relationship with suppliers, I think, because then at least they know that they'll get a response from us, whether they like it or not. It's good. Because I think when people, when I ask about stakeholders, people do think about, you know, internally the senior people, but you've hit the nail on the head in that your stakeholders aren't just 
the internal senior pe senior people there, all your colleagues and staff and clients and external people like the suppliers and service providers. So building relationships with them is really key, as is, like you said, the transparency there. It's so important. And I also like the kind of thing of you're, you're winging it and it's like this fake it till you make it type style, which I absolutely did the same, uh, you know, until I had tapped into each of the areas, you know, of suppliers or services that I was looking at procuring or whatever it might be, I would absolutely fake it until I understood or I would ask what the hell they're talking about. So it's a really, really good um, tip there leading on to the next question, which is, are there any other specific tips or nuggets of wisdom that you can share with the people listening um, who are aspiring to be in this profession or even evolve in their existing roles to get more responsibility or autonomy? So... <laughs> So in the northeast, we we have a saying called that that goes "shy bands getting out." I don't know if that translates well to to maybe anybody down south, but it basically just means that if you're a shy child, you don't get anything. You have to ask for the stuff that you want, and you kind of have to take a little bit of control. Um, and I, I I think that's something that a lot of people up here get taught from a very young age. If you want to you want something, you need to go out and get it. It's not going to get handed to you on a platter kind of thing except all of the templates that are on the office management portal, they do come on a platter. Thanks, Anna. Um, so <laughs> we, yeah, so we get taught that from quite a young age up here. And and, and I think that is something that kind of sticks with me is if, if I want to do something, I just have to go and ask. And I might not always get the answer that I want, but at, at least then you tried and you don't sit and kind of live in regret of the things that you wanted to do, but maybe didn't get the chance to. And then I think being a little bit realistic about what you want versus what you maybe can achieve so I think a lot of questions come about like okay Jay like what's next for you and what what's going to happen and I'm kind of thinking right now I just need to get my feet under the table you know <laughs> so I think the best thing for you to do is consider where you're at now and what you need to know in order to have like a solid foundation so make sure you, what you do right now is good it's solid and people recognize you for that and then once you can comfortably do that with one hand, you can start spinning, spinning a new plate with the other. And I think that that's, that's really important to think about when you're asking for more responsibility is can, can I handle what I've got now? Do I have any more other tips? So actually, yes. So you, in, in our first um, training session, I said to you, my decision making, so how I make a decision is that I don't make the decision until I've got as much information as possible. And then I'll make that decision on on, on what I know at the time. Um, and, and when I was talking to you about this, it's kind of like, it's almost like a way of procrastination because you don't make the decision until you've had time to research. And if you haven't had time to research, then the decision's still not made. And you just said, Jay, just make a start. <laughs> just make a start. And I think that was one of the biggest things that I took away from our session is, okay, right, well, I don't know what I don't know, but let's find out how much time it's going to take us to do a bit of research, even if it's not the research itself. Okay, I've got 10 minutes before this next meeting. Let's have a look at boilers. How do boilers work? You know, what is a PSI? How is a gas boiler work? What's the difference between electric? And even that 10 minutes before that meeting preps you for the next time because you think, all right, well, now I've got a list of questions I need to look at when I've got 20 minutes. And you start to size the job up that way and then you can just add things in so you can just add things into your to-do list whenever you've got time so yeah I, t I tell myself in your voice in my head when I'm like what am I going to do with this and then I just hear you in my head going just make a start Jay just make a start and I think that's yeah that's probably the best tip 
that I would like to steal from you and then tell everybody to use. That would be great. Thanks. <laughs> I just, it just kind of freaks me out just hearing. I mean, it freaks me out as it is sometimes when, you know, like I've got a car with one of those screens on it now where whatever you've last listened to, because I do listen to my podcast back, people, I'm just going to confess. Um, one, because I want to make sure that the final version that's gone out is fine, but two, it's good for ratings and stuff like that. And I always learn how to hopefully interview better and et cetera, et cetera. But so it comes up on my screen in my car with like you're recently played on Spotify. And then my son's like, mommy, your face is on the car, in the car. And I'm like, yeah. And that freaks me out that I've got like my stuff there. But and, and that people are listening to my voice and like I've met people, you know, at the shows, whatever, that come up and go, oh, I know you really like the chicken salad from Pret. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? <laughs> it was on your podcast. And you're like, oh, I forget about all the crap I talk about on that thing. So it's weird. But then also to know that my voice is echoing in people's heads like yours. Yeah. And Just make a start, Jay. <laughs> Very bizarre. But yes, I think some brilliant nuggets in there um, for sure. And I really enjoyed this episode. And I am going to ask you that awkward question that you just kind of alluded to there. What is next for you? What are <laughs> your career aspirations? <laughs> and where do you want to be in the future? Are you happy where you are right now, which is perfectly fine if you are. But, um, you know, what are your your maybe longer term aspirations of responsibilities or careers? Absolutely. So I've, in the in the past, I've kind of been somebody that would stay at a company for, you know, two or three years and then kind of move to another company when I feel like I've kind of done everything um, that I can. And I, I was kind of looking for a, a home with, with people that I could learn from and, and kind of grow with coming into Bloom. I definitely feel like I found that Bloom is, is, is growing like at a, an exponential rate. I've got a, a line manager, Ben, who I can who mentors me and I can learn a lot from and we have some really frank conversations where I know that the feedback he provides to me is there are no ulterior motives in it it's it's all just for the benefit of me and my development and and I think that that's to be able to have that and have that trust in in somebody is is you know is rare and I've not I've not had that up to now um so I think at least for the time being, I'm like I say, I'm just going to kind of get my feet under the desk and in this role, get that solid foundation that I was just saying um, that I feel like everybody needs before you ask for more. Um, but the, I think the great thing about Bloom is that, you know, with it, with it being a company that's, that's growing and expanding, there's, there's going to be roles and additional responsibilities and projects and things like that, that I can take on when I feel like I'm, I'm ready um, for that. And, and, and I, I'd like to think that I have the support of the executive team and and the CFO and the CGO that I look after to be able to kind of get my teeth into something new and and I think yeah that's that's going to be my it's going to be my safe safe space for now yeah I like that and and that's the thing like the amount of support and the way in which you talk about the company as well when you've got that connection and you you like you say you feel at home that's so important especially in this day and age when so much is changing in the world and you know there's so much about employers market and employees market and things if you've got if you've got a good one and if they believe you're a good egg as well which I think they probably do then it's good to hang on to that isn't it so yeah, yeah. and finally you've talked about it a few times what is PSI then Enlight <laughs> enlighten us please <laughs> so this is where I, this is where I'll get it wrong, right? So my understanding of PSI, and I I couldn't tell you what the abbreviation is, but it's it's the amount 
of gas that gets put through a pipe from your gas intake to your boiler, or pres- presumably just like the measurement of, of of gas within a pipe. The the pipes in our office are too small, so there's not enough going through the pipes to supply the boiler. But we can't because of the places that the boiler and the, the intake are, we can't pull those up and replace them, which is again a- another reason we went for electric. But yeah, I think that that's what it is. So I I had to Google. Okay. I'll confess because I didn't know, and it's pounds per square inch and psi is the term right that's used in car tires it's the same thing oh right? really oh, in terms yeah, of okay. air because I, I i had a like burst tire recently and i went and pumped it up and it counts it in psi so it sounds like it's the same thing it's like the pounds of gas or air per square inch you know you know another thing that really baffled me that everybody asks you as a new office manager and i've got no idea but i only found out recently it's like oh okay you've got an office yeah what's what's the square footage I was like square footage. It's like I've got two left feet, but I've never had square ones. Um, and like, and uh, yeah, it's, it's something like that that I just thought was absolutely crazy because everybody wants to know what your square footage is. And it's it's a, a competition, clue. isn't it? Like, how much yeah. how much space do you look after? <laughs> yeah, my office is bigger than your office. Yeah, yeah. Trump, Trump that. <laughs> right. Well, this has been so much fun for our last one of this season let's say um so thank you so much jay for giving up your time and i know it was a very busy week with lots of things going on but i appreciate it and i hope to see you very soon definitely thank you very much for having me i really appreciate it and i'm sure that we will see each other again soon this episode is sponsored by the office management portal our free online membership platform aimed at connecting supporting and empowering office managers in a simple to use all-in-one self-service resource You can sign up right now at www.theofficemanagementportal.com and click the sign up button in the top right. If you want to upgrade your account to our premium membership at any time for unlimited downloadable templates and monthly expert masterclasses, use the code THEOMD for 25% off. That's the T-H-E-O-M-D for Office Manager Diaries for 25% off. Thank you for listening.